We now know enough about music theory to begin composing or improvising our own music and to use that experience to continue adding to our arsenal of musical ideas. We just have to think in the ways we have learnt to during this course. After all, making music is just like analysing music, only the other way around. You don't need to be swept up in a gust of inspiration to start making music either. Music theory allows us to create music based on thoughts and then inspire ourselves as we go with the sounds that we are producing. Musical composition can be a serious, meaningful and heartfelt activity full of honed expression and it can also be a playful, light-hearted, fun way to pass the time with friends or by yourself. And there we straddle the line between composition and improvisation, the main difference being whether we journal the music we make in some way, either by writing it, recording it or remembering it. Either way, composing or improvising, a great place to start is with a common chord progression, a common series of chords which repeat on a loop, underpinning the music. This repeating series of chords creates a sense of progression throughout the music, which not only creates a sensory experience, but also generates a set of expectations. For one, we expect this loop to continue once we've heard it a couple of times. The simplest chord progression possible is a simple alternation between the tonic and dominant chords, the chords built on the tonic and dominant degrees of the scale. The dominant keeps pulling us back to the tonic like a pendulum swinging between two extremes, structuring and also energising our music. This chord progression, tonic and dominant, is especially useful due to its simplicity to begin improvising music, and especially if we are new to playing. So say we are in D major, which has two sharps. Which sharps are those? F sharp. So F sharp is always the first. The second sharp is going to be a perfect fifth note from F sharp. But also if we're in D major, we know the leading tone is going to be a half step away from D. So that's another way of thinking about it. The leading tone leads to D, no? Right. C sharp. C sharp. So it's F sharp and C sharp. F sharp and C sharp. So the point is that the more we know about music, the more ways of thinking about the same thing that we have. We can count in perfect fifths from F. Or maybe we notice we're in D major. We know the leading tone in major scales is always a half step below the tonic. So that must be C sharp. So this chord progression in D major, no, tonic and dominant. What chords are these in D major? The name of the chord. Yeah. I can see by your face that it's right. Well, is, I mean, the chord is D. Of course. <laughs> of course. Terms like D major can refer to both the key or the scale, no, or the chord. And the dominant chord in D major? A major. A major. So this is that chord progression in D major. So this chord progression can serve as a guiding layer for us to improvise over. And improvising is also a great way to find material you want to keep and develop on later in a composition. So if we're new to playing music, we can spend the time just getting comfortable with the two chords and playing them in time, keeping a steady beat before improvising anything on top. If you sit and do this for a long time, you're being a good musician. To stave off boredom 
and to improve your ear, take your time to listen to the chords profoundly whilst reminding yourself what the name of the chord is and the degree it's representing in the specific key. D major chord, tonic chord, in this context of course. Meditate on them, so to speak. The more you focus, the more you are likely to hear music within the chords, melodies or other musical ideas arising from within the very chords. A note is very fast beat, as we've seen, and so a chord is also a very fast rhythm. The chord is all the melodic ideas arising from the interaction of its constituent notes and their overtones as well. If the chords are too complicated to play for now on your instrument, you can leave some notes out. You don't have to play all the notes of a D major chord, for example, for it to be recognized as a D major chord. The most common note to leave out is probably the perfect fifth. Why might that be? Because the, the perfect fifth will appear through the other notes and the undertones of the other notes, you'll hear the air. The overtones. What did I say, the undertones? Well, excellent. I, I know that you knew exactly why. So. The, the perfect fifth is present in the overtones. We can hear A in the overtones of D. So if we don't play the note in the chord, we're just missing the overtones of A rather than really missing A. So if we need to, we can play just two notes for the chord. Or in fact, we can even just play one note for the chord The chord is present within the note, within the overtones of the note. So whilst the chord is strictly more than one note, we can replace a chord with one note. So I'm new to the harp. So for now, I can practice just moving between the D and A string, focused on keeping the time and not landing on the wrong string. So I can play that, the tonic and the dominant chords of D major. I'm playing just one string, one note, but with that string or nylon chord, the overtones are ever present and especially audible on this instrument, as the other unplayed strings also quietly respond to those overtones. So single notes can take the role of chords quite well on the harp. Even though they are technically not chords. So over this tonic and dominant progression, we can begin to improvise using notes, using notes from the D major scale. We can do this without too much thought at the beginning, if we need some time to get used to playing both the chords and the melody at once like I evidently need to speak and do this at once. So any note from D major is going to sound acceptable whilst we play the tonic and dominant chords.
it makes sense. Doesn't sound great because I don't play the harp, <laughs> but what a brilliant way to practice. And as soon as we have some room to think about the sense between those notes, how the scale degrees interact, we can begin to choose them more consciously, telling ourselves a musical story that justifies the notes we choose. The more we do this, the more coherence there'll be between how we expect or intend for things to sound and how they actually do sound. When you begin, you can do this with a simple rhythm, maybe just playing one note per chord change. Then maybe you can try two melodic notes per chord. Notice how I do the chords first, no? Just to give my brain a moment. So I really am totally new to this instrument. And then maybe you can try one chord with one melodic note and the other with two or three. Now I'm losing my ability to keep the time, no? So it's like, okay, take it back a step, no? You can spend hours doing this without even realizing it, which is a much more productive and enjoyable way of practicing a new instrument than spending hours doing scales, for example, which is how most of us learn. When you are thinking your way around an instrument in this way, you learn so much more than if you are reproducing scales or even reproducing somebody else's music. When improvising, you are learning to move around your instrument in a more intelligent manner, pairing up musical thoughts and feelings with the physical movements you make around your instrument. As long as we are taking our time and don't push ourselves to go too fast that we can't think, everything will continually slow down to our ear and it will seem we have more time to think about our musical choices as we go. As our mental processing speed gets faster, time gets slower.